All right, we're back with episode 15 with Emmanuel Cascari, a.k.a. Dr. Death, who's a current <laughs> under 105K law press world record holder at 190 kilograms. That's 419 pounds for all of the American listeners. Also, uh, ultimate 105K world championship winner in Paris last year. Huge win. Uh, and also Austria's strongest man. Welcome to the show, Emmanuel. Great to have you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome. So, as as we always do at the beginning of our show, um, we like to play some games. We've done trivia in the past. We're kind of getting on a trash or treasure this go around. Uh, I just say uh, a name of a piece of equipment, food, exercise, or otherwise. We'll both trash or treasure around and, and just engage in some conversation about why we feel it's trash or treasure. Um, like to have a little bit of fun. So, let's get started. First one is a Smith machine, Emmanuel. Trash, I would say. <laughs> okay, John? I would say usually trash, but I did see a good video recently of someone doing a full searcher in a Smith machine that was somewhat <laughs> impressive. At <laughs> <laughs> a Planet Fitness, no less. Yeah, at a Planet Fitness. It was pretty great, doing like three and a half plates or something. It's pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with trash on Smith Machine too. Although, although that at Planet Fitness is a, a little bit of a, a pocket treasure to borrow the term from you, John. Yeah, I, I just want to say, you know, for like for strongmen and uh, strength athletes in general, the Smith Machine, I would say it's trash because it doesn't have um, a carryover to what we want to achieve. But like for bodybuilding yeah it can be used in a good way you know so it always depends about what do you want to achieve with that you know absolutely absolutely what do you think john yeah i'd say the same thing of like if if you're doing it for move, moving and stuff like it just doesn't work things quite as well as like doing freestanding weights and uh yeah because i either see just like yeah i think for bodybuilders it works and everything and then there was that video of i guess the sprinter who does like jumps over the hurdles who is doing that like trap bar bouncing it on the smith yeah. machine yeah. there's that going around for a bit which i guess for a sport carryover that maybe might help if you're into jumping i don't know but overall i'd say for especially for athletes and everything i don't think it's a very effective piece of equipment and the footprint it just takes up way too much space for what it is yeah, I, yeah, I get. I'm, I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. It's an inferior machine. It's like a leg press. Why, why use that when you have more superior movements like squats, deadlifts? I mean, I mean, you can do a lot of things on on a Smith machine, and we, and we all know Big Z is the Smith machine for his pressing accessory. I think there's a time and place for it, but as as a machine for primary mover, total trash. So I think we all agree trash on smith machine there's better movements grippers emmanuel like hand grip crush grip um, this is a difficult one <laughs> because personally i used them when i was younger but now not so much anymore so i would say like mm, it's trash okay john I'm a big fan of them. I like the Captains of Crush ones. I was for a while I was working towards the two and a half one. So it's a nice like practicing. I think if like working at a desk, it's a nice thing to like instead of doing a stress ball, just doing like a gripper. It's yeah, always exactly. handy and everything. But it does you do have to be wary that you are just gonna blow your grip out, especially with those heavier ones. Yeah. So I like them. I'd say treasure. Okay. Yeah, I'm on the fence on this too. Uh, I, I put this on here and I'm like, I should have a clear opinion, but I don't because I was the same way. I used to use, gri use grippers a lot when I was younger. I mean, they're sold as like this grip magic tool, but the reality is, is they have no carryover to anything. Um, so, I mean, it's really awesome to see somebody with an amazing uh, crush grip, but I just don't see the utility in the greater sport. So, yeah, trash. What do you think, Daniel? What I do like about them is because like grip is basically a contraction and it's concentric only, like if you're just squeezing your fingers and the grippers do give you an eccentric uh, uh, contraction type, which is good 
and will help to to increase the eccentric strength which you will have and the greater the eccentric strength is or the greater the, the gap between eccentric and concentric strength the greater you you can build after your concentric strength so in this regard it might be beneficial but <sighs> It's like you said before, you know, the carryover is somewhat not so good or not so great in my experience, because most of the time we just have an isometric contraction somewhere because we are just holding as, as hard as possible and as long as possible. So, yeah, it's I would still go with trash. <laughs> John, any other thoughts? Yeah, I just like it because it is like it's a pocket treasure. You can just carry it around. I keep one in my glove compartment. Literally it's a nice thing for like traffic. And everything but and i think i think it has some carryover to grip i just haven't been doing it as much because i used to do it at my desk all the time tried to do like little sets of 10 throughout the day and i did get to the point where i could double overhand an axle with three plates which was pretty decent so but it's faded now so that's so 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 the reason there's usually no carryover like we're talking about double overhand axle isometric holds on farmers that is thumb thumb limited Right, I'm mm -hmm. trying to find the center of my camera here. Uh, um, where the grip does not actually train your thumb whatsoever. So grip that's like that is actually functional in the real world and even in sports and strongman and powerlifting, perhaps uh, weightlifting is is that thumb limitation. So functional quality grip strength training has got to include the thumb. So yeah, I'm sticking with trash. Uh, it looks like two to one. Grippers are. <laughs> trash all right uh sauna suit emmanuel i never used them to be honest you know um i know there are there is some research out there which goes in the direction that it's helpful but because i'm i don't have any experience with them i didn't work with them or i don't know anyone who worked with them so i can't say much so yeah i would just go with trash <laughs> okay fair enough john yeah i i haven't actually had very much experience with it and everyone i see when they're doing water cuts relies on other things so i don't know if, i i don't know i i haven't seen many people use them and i haven't used it personally so uh, so I lean towards trash <laughs> I have I have done many cuts from like 115, 116 kilos down to under 105, and I use a combination of tactics when I'm that heavy, I have that big of a cut. I'll do water loads, and then I'll sweat. And sweating without a sauna suit in a sauna is night and day for me. I can lose double the body weight with a sauna suit on versus without. So I'm a big fan for water cuts huge treasure if you're a weight class athlete and you're making big cuts um emmanuel you said you haven't really used them so you may not have a lot of feedback um i but it's still i think it's still like two to one trash but uh, <laughs> in this case uh i'm a big fan of them though i'm actually surprised you've never used one Emmanuel, what do you, what do you walk around at body weight yeah, that's the point. Usually, <clears throat> that's uh, how I went into strongman because here in Austria we have the U105 class, but because it's not that big, we have we don't have separate U105 competitions. So every mm -hmm. time when I had to go into a competition, the weight the weigh in was two hours prior, and I always had to compete with the big guys. So oh, wow. a weight cut, you know, to to or weigh in to do it two hours prior for me it was like mm, i don't want to risk any any strength losses through because of a, a potential sure. weight cut and i don't want to get uh, injuries or or cramps during the competition after because i'm so dehydrated and i wasn't able to rehydrate in the two hour time frame right you know, so that's that's most of the time i'm walking around with one of Three one oh four kilograms. So. Okay, cool. No, I, that's most a legit to me. I mean, we've had those conversations in the past too. I won't get into it too much here today, but you know, two hour wins that is a legit under one oh five k competition right here in the U.S. It's regularly twenty four hours out. There's been some circumstances where it's been longer where it shouldn't be, 
but yeah, we have plenty of time to, to replenish and, and walk in nice and fat and heavy the next day. So totally understandable there. Uh, I wish actually strongman should get more into that, especially world record wise, um, two hour weigh-ins, but that's a, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> when, I'm, when I did my world record uh, with the lock, I did two hours prior to weigh-in. That's awesome. That's, I mean, that is completely legit, man. And, and I appreciate that. I mean, as a, as not only as an athlete, but as a fan of the sport, um, that's, that's the way it needs to be done. It should be done. It makes it more legit by all means. That's awesome. That's good to know. All right, moving on. Next ones are food. So I only think about this a little bit because the foods that we eat here are certainly different than what I, I'm sure you're accustomed to or what's available in Austria. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, first one though, because a lot of people avoid this, I think all over the world is butter. Emmanuel. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a, a huge fan of butter. So it's, for me, it's absolute treasure because, uh, there's also a lot of research about butter and butter is good. And I'm a huge fan because my wife is half Greek, half French. <laughs> and so she introduced me to butter with salt. And that's just, the, the taste is just amazing. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I'm using now a lot uh, of butter and it's just beneficial for health reasons. There are uh, good fats inside there, you know, so it's absolute, absolute treasure. Nice, John. Yeah, I would say it's definitely a treasure, especially because it just like makes food taste better. It's just yeah. good overall, like it's handy. Yeah, um, I mean, without a doubt, treasure. Uh, everything you guys said, uh, plus, I mean, people need to stop avoiding fat. Like fat is not evil. We have to have fat. You have to have saturated fat even. I mean, you don't want to overdo a saturated fat, but your cells will not function properly without saturated fat. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's a huge treasure, very nutritious, delicious, uh, and very versatile. So huge treasure on butter. This one is, uh, pretty like u- ubiquitous, I think with bodybuilding but even people like dieting everything is boiled chicken emmanuel boiled chicken Uh, it depends how it's done you know if it's boiled good because i did that sometimes too but in the pan to boil it and if it's well done the chicken tastes really good and is not isn't that dry anymore, you know, so you get a really good, uh, um, a good taste out of it. And the texture is also quite nice to eat. So it's not so dry anymore. And I guess, yeah, you have a little bit more of water in there. So you might get a little bit more of more satiety out of it. So for someone who's really hungry and in a diet, I would say it's a treasure. (laughs) Okay, John. Well, if I'm less, if you believe what they talk about in Hollywood, just steamed or boiled chicken and broccoli, like you can put on two pounds a week or a kilo of muscle and like just, just a matter of no time. But in reality, I would say oftentimes people, I think for many people, they tend to do dietary choices that aren't always necessarily sustainable. So it's one of those things that I think many people, they're like, oh, you have to steam chicken or boil chicken, no butter. I don't know. I feel like that's not always sustainable for many people. So I would say trash if I have to pick. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Sustainability in a diet. Um, so I'm so chicken obviously is treasure on set. Boiling chicken. So I'm, I'm actually, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I'm a formally trained uh chef and with in french culinary culinarianism uh from la corona blue so as a former chef i used to i used to cook professionally did a stint in france myself to me it's an utter atrocity to boil chicken (laughs) to boil any meat really (laughs) and and it's so flavorless like i'm on i'm like i'm starting a mission and and it's coming um i'm in the beginning steps of it to change the way that we think about food as athletes, as fitness enthusiasts, as, as people that are, uh, you know, have weight uh, loss goals that we don't have to eat plain, bland, boring food to achieve those goals. And so, yeah, to me, boiled tr- tr- uh, chicken is 
major trash. Um, don't throw it out if you've already boiled it. Of course, eat it, but <laughs> don't do it again. Yeah, <laughs> put some butter on it, buttered salt. Yeah. <laughs> butter, <laughs> salted butter will make everything better. <laughs> so I think we were two to one there, trash. Sorry, Emmanuel. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next one is so. I think this is pretty pretty good one for for our European friends. Nutella. Trash or treasure? Trash. <laughs> okay. John? <laughs> As a kid, I like to do Nutella peanut butter sandwiches, so that's like a soft spot in my heart. Or Nutella you and You miss peanut butter and Nutella? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Peanut butter and Nutella or peanut butter and cheese. Those are like the sandwiches I made for myself back in my own lunch. <laughs> we also went through a lot of Nutella, so <laughs> I have a soft spot for it. So I'd say treasure. Okay. I, you know, um, I don't, I, 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 I'm not a, uh, I'm not one of those people that thinks that seed oils are unequivocally, uh, uh, bad for you. I like nut butters, so I'm going with a treasure. I don't, I'm going to pick peanut butter before Nutella any day, but I mean, I love hazelnuts, so I'm going with treasure. Why do you, why do you think it's trash, man? That was like total opposite uh, response that I figured I would have heard from you. <laughs> Yeah, because <clears throat> the thing is, like you talked before, you know, like you both talked before, it's a sustainable diet, you know, and not only that, but a healthy diet is mostly unprocessed food, you know, which you are processing by yourself. So your Nutella is already something highly processed. So not only because of the seeds or what is inside there, but there are all, all, also many other ingredients which yeah require some scientific title to to be able to read it you know <laughs> so you're not really sure what you're ingesting and how it will affect your your body and your performance your sleep and many other things you know of course it's always dependent about the dosage because uh, yeah you know the how is the saying the dosage may, makes the poison or something like that mm -hmm. so yeah I wouldn't say it's really bad if you are eating just a bit sometimes, but if it's really regularly and uh, it's a lot, you know, I wouldn't see that as really healthy and a performance kind of nutrition. Fair points. Very, very fair points. John, you've kind of already given yeah. us your thoughts. Any, any, added, any additional thoughts on that? The fact that like this is another episode where I get sandwich shamed of my Nutella sandwiches, and the last one was my hot tuna sandwiches. <laughs> so I'm like, there's a theme here that all my sandwiches are not not the ideal for a perfect diet. That's awesome. You might, you know, I don't know. I might, Emmanuel might have twisted my arm a little bit on this because I'm also a big uh, opponent of consuming processed foods and i didn't really think of that at first because you know peanut butter generally here in the united states sometimes they add additional like uh hydrogenated oils like you you got to be careful what reading the uh, ingredient list when you buy them but more of the more or less they're just they're just crushed uh peanuts right uh i don't know what the actual ingredients are in nutella so uh, i'm going to take your word for it that it's highly processed and, and i'm going to change my my vote to trash because thing, uh, I, I agree 100% with what you said. The thing is not only that, but um, I don't know if you saw that, but there is a kind of a meme where it's shown the Nutella glass, you know, and uh, I guess half of the glass is just sugar or something like that, you know, so yeah. that's another point which is like, yeah, you know, sugar is not bad, like fat, sugar and fats aren't bad, but if you are eating highly processed food really regularly and it's a lot of sugar inside there maybe you're you're adding sugar by yourself through dextrose or whatever into your post-workout shake you are ending with way too much sugar you know in your diet and your blood sugar and your insulin won't be that happy after a certain amount of time sure sure yeah so i I'm, I agree. I'm a kind of a big fan. I always say, like, there's no bad food. There's just bad habits. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 
I, I agree with that 100. So uh, yeah. I think we ended up like trash on each other. I just looked up the ingredients. It's sugar, palm oil, and then hazelnuts only make up 13 percent of it. Skin oh, really? Powder is 7.5 percent. Fabric cocoa. Yeah, the, the ingredients are not good. Oh um, man, I'm so glad they, I changed my boat then because that sounds terrible. <laughs> so I've, I've changed mine in retrospect. The right side of history. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. So three more, and we'll and we'll move on from here. Uh, these are events in strongman, specifically. The 18-inch deadlift or silver dollar deadlift, Emmanuel. Uh, that's a difficult one. Um, <laughs> just because of uh, personal bias and weaknesses, I would say trash because my lockout in a deadlift is not so good. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> But yeah, I would go with trash and okay. Those are not a really high range of motion to lift off, you know. So if it's there are even some some events where it's even higher. So where you're pulling just a few inches, you know. So yeah, I don't know what what kind of feat of strength that is, you know. Yeah. Uh now there's somebody uh I think out of the UK that's doing a twenty one inch world record. Oh, hey, man. <laughs> John. Yeah, I would have to toe the party line and say that it is trash. We've yeah, uh, definitely trash in my opinion. Uh, kind of along what Emmanuel already said, what kind of feet of strength is that? I mean, it has its place in the gym, right, for training, I think, perhaps. But in, in Strongman, it doesn't really prove a lot. I'm actually a very strong deadlifter, 18-inch uh, deadlift. You know, I could definitely probably pull. Uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna guess because I've done it in a while. But uh, would definitely favor me. But I still hate it because what what is it proving other than ego? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's a big a big pile of trash. Any final thoughts, Emmanuel? Yeah, and the thing is, most of them also have. Yeah, you're starting at 18 inch, but after you have, let's say, a Kabuki deadlift bar, you know, with an extreme whip, so you're reducing. Yeah of motion even more so it's not it's basically not 18 inch anymore but like 21 or 22 or something you know so <laughs> yeah pointless john any any final thoughts on 18 inch yeah i mean that that's a very valid point i've seen so many silver dollar ones or the hummer tire ones where the yeah. last thing doesn't even break the ground or they have to like do an extra little extra lockout just to get that like have the weight leave the ground I'm like, uh, there's too much variability. It's yeah. And and while I thought it was really, uh, I'm always a fan when strongmen come up with ways to cheat the system <laughs> because it's it's always hilarious. Uh, um, James Deffenbach, America's one year, did an 18-inch lift. He started, he was, his uh, lower legs, his tibia was um, so was short enough where he could get his knees under the bar before he actually pulled it off the ground. <laughs> and I just set up with it. And it was like, I don't know, it was like 500 kilos plus that. It was, it was ridiculous. Uh, awesome. But, but with cases like that, it's like, should that be in an, an event and strongman? Probably not. <laughs> All right. Next one is uh, front or forward hold. Emmanuel. <sighs> Uh, yeah. Also, again, I'm, but it's just because I'm I'm biased again and I'm weak like that. <laughs> I will go with trash. Front, front hold. So that's like shoulder strength, shoulder and yeah. upper back, right? When you're holding straight out for just isometric hold. Yeah, and and core, and even and core, core because you you might get into a uh, flexion and you don't want the flexion, so you you have to stay in an anti-flexion situation, you know, or position. And yeah, I'm not that bad at it, but I just don't like it so much because yeah, I, I really don't like isometric contractions, even though I train them really regularly. But it's like the hardest thing for me. So, <laughs> so trash. Yeah, I would go with okay. trash. Okay, John. 
I would say because almost every event I've seen do it with, it's really hard to like judge how straight people are holding it. I think the only place that a front hold has in a competition is I've seen a good, like it's, it's a good tiebreaker event and everything, but I don't know if it's a good standalone event. So yeah, um, generally trash, generally trash. I'm in the trash, uh, side to uh i'm also very biased because i'm i'm absolutely terrible that's my worst event by <laughs> <laughs> <I> far <laughs> and um and i think it's boring it's the most boring event to watch and like john said too i mean it's it's so hard to judge um you know they have all kinds of like i've done one even if you had to keep your butt on the bar and my butt is on the bar and the judge still like called me and they have video from the side showing that my my ass never left the bar and I still got like, you know, time, time's up command or whatever. Uh, so yeah, I hate it. It's a, it's a terrible move. Any other thoughts on it, Emmanuel? No, no, really. No, John? I would say if you're going to test like a timed hold thing, I think a timed farmer's carry hold is much better for event planners out there. If you yeah. have to do a hold. For grip like wise. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right. Last one. Bag toss over a bar. So the toss over the bar. I think that's treasure. Okay. John? I will put personal bias and lack of competency aside and say that it's a treasure, but I'm not, I am just terrible at like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't get the directions very well. It's, it's, it's a hard one, but I'd say it's a treasure. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, I think it's a huge treasure. Emmanuel, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's a really nice event to watch, you know, and it's also kind of a fast, a fast one because most of the time you have more bags and usually each bag gets heavier and heavier. And it just shows uh, speed and explosiveness and power, you know. You have to, to have a really strong and powerful triple extension. Of course, you should master the technical skill requirement of the event. If not, the, the implement will fly anywhere. Or I happened to to fly myself backwards while the, the, the sandbag flew in front of me because I lost it uh, out of my hands. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's a really nice event for, for power and uh, even agility to some extent because you have to run forward, backward. You have to, to look, okay, like decision making kind in a uh, like in a sport like in a field sport you know you have to, to to make fast decisions okay where do i have to step how far when do i have to release or to open my hands you know so it's a really nice uh, nice and treasureful uh, event yes john yeah i would have to say like as far as watching it like some of the most impressive feats I've seen are the kind of people who like, if they have them all lined up from the bar, there's like a few guys I've seen who can just run up to the bag, throw it and they don't even watch. They just go to the next one because they know they can do it. And nothing, that's really impressive to watch these guys who don't even have to like run to the bar or judge it. They're like, I just know I got it. Like, I think I saw one event at the Austin Convention Center where the guy was almost getting it up to the rafters. So he didn't even have to look behind him to see if it went over. He's like, and just did every one in a row, I think up to like 70 pounds or something. It was super impressive. Yeah. So, I'm a big um, fan of that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's uh to be a to be a complete disciplinary competition, I think covering all major disciplines, I think throwing has gotta be, should be in most competitions because it does. It shows it shows athleticism, it shows agility, it shows explosiveness, um, which are very, very important, I think, for a well rounded athlete to to be able to demonstrate. So I'm a huge fan of Big Toss. Um, definitely one of my favorites, my favorite events, hands down. So treasure on that. That was fun, guys. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about you, Manuel. Um, John, do you want to kick it off with uh, any questions for Emmanuel? Uh, yeah, I was going to say the biggest thing i've been impressed by is the fact that like you said you compete against guys who are bigger than you with these two-hour weigh-ins and everything um what 
how do you plan your training or something for like that for going against guys who are substantially larger? That's <clears throat> so when I started into strongman, it was just basically a mind switch, I would say. I always liked to train hard and heavy. But when I got to the point that I had to compete against bigger guys and stronger guys, because towards the end of my like commercial gym career, let's say like that, before I started strongman, I was decently strong in an average gym. And I was like basically the strongest in an average gym or a commercial gym. But after I got into strongman and competing against the big guys, I just saw, okay, I have to, to step a notch up and to, to go even harder in my training and to just switch my mindset and just push myself more, you know? So that's how I made my first steps into strongman and how I, I could push my strength even further. Now, of course, I have to, to periodize my training and to structure my training way more intelligently because just pushing all the time and going balls to the walls is not helping at all um, and just might cause injuries and problems or yeah, you are just on a plateau maybe. But yeah, I would just say many are just at the beginning not pushing hard enough and they are just looking for too many fancy things, you know, at the beginning, I just focused on the compound movements on some variations of them. And I tried to get them at each one as strong as possible, you know, and I was always a huge fan of kind of a whole body training uh, more frequently. So I always trained my whole body and also uh, kept some kind of endurance session in there as well, because I wanted to be somewhat well-rounded, not only strong as strong as possible, but, but also endurant and athletic to some extent, you know? So that's how I was thinking and how I got into strongman and to be able to, to compete against these big guys. And of course, yeah, training with them, with a lot of them, you know, it's always uh, a fun experience because you are seeing they're moving heavier weights, they're pushing more than you and stuff like that. And it's just motivating to to keep up with them and yeah, them screaming at you to give a bit more effort, you know, <laughs> that just motivates the hell out of you. So that's how I got to that. Yeah. I think too, is like, um, you get an opportunity training with those guys too, to, to, to realize there are certain events that you're just going to be naturally better at too than, than the big guys. I think, you know, as 105K athletes, front carries, uh, you know, we're smaller guys with smaller bellies, less diaphragm pushing into the object they're carrying are going to do a lot, lot better. Um, the uh, the endurance is going to be better. So there's always a place for 105K guys, I think, against the open class. Yeah. And and uh, I've always been kind of a big, firm believer that if you want to be a really great weight class athlete, one of five, you should be competing against the open class guys as often as possible, pushing yourself um, that way you're not getting comfortable. In. And I'm sure it's very much the same for you when you when you're out uh, training, getting ready for a big under 105k show. Um, do you find yourself going and just competing against uh, doing like primer shows uh, with the open class ahead of time? It depends. Uh, most of the time, I'm still. I still like to compete in Austria or sometimes in, in Germany. And most of the time here, I'm, yeah, I'm, in Germany, for example, I just, I'm just allowed to compete against the big guys. <laughs> um, of course, I could compete in the U105 too, but um, it's, it's the U105 class in the German speaking region here in Europe is not on that level like it's internationally or or in america for example or even in england let's say so here the way to go if you want to get really strong is to, to compete against the heavy guys and in general i would always recommend yeah just make a few or do a few competitions against the heavy guys to to see okay how are they performing you know how are they pushing themselves and are you able to push even further 
beyond your limitations or your your um how should i say maybe your your barriers which you have in your mind you know because there is something which might maybe subconsciously is telling you i can't push that hard or i won't be able to to lift that or something like that but in that situation under that hormonal cascade of adrenaline and cortisol you know you might be able to lift something you never thought of you know <laughs> so yeah. just go in there and try it you know absolutely do you, do you have something you want to say too john I kind of oh yeah no no I, I think because you had the standout quote recently and uh i think the instagram story talking about like it is strong man it's not heavy man and i think sometimes people have this idea that it's just simply mass moves mass you just get heavier and heavier and i think an interesting point i thought of was the fact that the rogue invitational afterwards martin's talked about oh i got too heavy for this show and i think oftentimes there's this idea that you just keep getting heavier and heavier and you'll get stronger and it's this idea where suddenly your front your carries are going to be different your stone loading is going to be different these things change so i was just saying that that's impressive. And that quote stood out to me that it's strong man, not happy man. Because <laughs> that's always a good one. But yeah, that was my main thought about that. But I but I like also now in the if you're looking the open weight category or the open weight class in general, I think there's a small shift now towards more athleticism. You know, like if you're looking at someone like Mitchell Hooper or Novikov, the best example, you know, or there are some other guys, you know, which are really, really strong, but they're not that massive anymore. You know, they, yeah. they, they want to be more athletic, more explosive. And I think that's, that's the right way to go now, you know, even, even though Haftor, for example, was like 200 kilograms when he was at his best he wasn't that massive because he wasn't that fat. Of course, he had body fat, but he he still looked athletic. You know, he looked like like a monster, <laughs> but like a body like like a bodybuilder bodybuilder monster in his off season, for example. You know. Yeah, but I mean, he's also, I mean, like two meters tall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a massive. I think he could fit a lot of mass on his body. But yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean, Novakov is what maybe 135, 140 at at his top weight, something Sounds like good. that. Um, yeah, and so I think the old the old thought process that Baker was better is slowly coming around. People are understanding that fat mass it doesn't contract; it's useless. I mean, there may be some events where that extra weight helps, like a truck pull or something. But um, to be fast and, and agile, you know, uh, not counting Big Z, because I mean, even when he was probably at his most rotund uh he was a very agile man yeah, but true. but yeah i think the athleticism and, and everything is uh, a big payoff for being a leaner athlete we're starting to see that more and more even in powerlifting um yeah. that old lazy fat powerlifting body style is kind of a thing of the past now too um, people under people realizing that that muscle mass is much more valuable yeah. <laughs> obvious for obvious reasons exactly yeah <laughs> So, um, so your comment about the, um, you know, strongman not being strongman. I mean, that there was kind of a bigger, bigger story there. I don't know if you want to talk about that at all with uh, with Austria's strongest man and potential promises made. Yeah, sure, no problem. Um, I know, and it was thought like that because the first one or two stories which I posted. I basically took Strongman Champions League and Giants Life and put them together and just uh, spoke really basic about my opinions and thought about that. And the problem was uh, that it was promised to us from Strongman Champions League, from Giants Life, that the winner from the from Austrian's Strongest Man, so our Austrian Strongest Man is called Austrian Summer Giant, or just Austrian giant, the winner will get an invitation. For Strongman Champions League, it was anyway already the case because yeah, we had Martin Wildauer who won the Strongman Champions League in yeah. 2014, and he even 
held some competitions for uh, SCL in Austria as well. But the promise came mostly from, from Giants Life because our president spoke with someone from Giants Life and prior to the Austrian Summer Giant or Austria's Strongest Man, they said, yeah, okay, we will do that. We will accept that because they have done this already in the past before. And the winner will get an invitation. And yeah, obviously six months, seven months later after the competition now, our president asked again, hey, look, it's been now a while. <laughs> I wanted just to ask to see, okay, when when he will be able to compete, you know, because you promised us an invitation. And first, the Strongman Champions League, one of the organizers said, yeah, he, there's some other backstory, which I don't want to mention now, but he said, um, yeah, we don't want, I respect, because I want it, you know, I respect his, his, performances I, I respect his achievements it's huge what he's able to do at u105 you know at this bodyweight but we don't want this kind of small athletes we want just 130 kilo plus athletes we want big guys because they are easier to sell and to promote mm -hmm. so this is what one of the organizers from strongman champions league said giants live they had after some kind of conversation again and they said no we don't want that either or something like that and after he all he also mentioned and this i wrote later a few days later in my story that yeah if i want an invitation i just have to pay fifteen thousand pounds you know <laughs> and i would get one yeah and of course, after Giants Life wrote me and uh, asked me, yeah, who made this promise? And uh, I should stop uh, uh, smashing them and uh, down talking them. And that all this is a lie. And our president never spoke with one of them or something like that. And yeah, you know, I said after, okay, I will not continue with that because if they are saying we are lying and I wrote him after it, just think about it, you know, I, I wasn't offensive. I didn't attack him in any way. I I stayed polite and I always want to stay polite. And I, I told him, just think about it. Why should we lie about something like that? You know, it never was my goal to go to a Giants Life competition because I'm a U105 athlete, you know, and there are no Giants Life U105 competitions. If there would be, I would want to go to one of their competitions, but not to an open Giants Life competition. But because this promise was made, I wanted to talk about that. And I wanted to, yeah. to, to speak about this and to, to ask why it's like that, especially after with this money offer, you know, which, which made no sense at all. So why would we lie about that if we wouldn't have any... Um, any return or any any benefit from it, you know? And yeah. he said, "No, oh, that's not true. It's a lie." And yeah, <laughs> I, I find it interesting. I mean, a couple of points that you made um, for SCL to say that they don't want under one hundred five Ks in open class because that's that's the entire purpose, traditional purpose of the under one hundred five K class was as a stepping stone to the open class. When I was at SCL under 105K Worlds in 2018, um, after the show, they'd asked me if I had any plans to move into the open class um, because it was sort of a obvious progression. Um, so it's kind of interesting that they would say that to you. Uh, but then you've got, we've got athletes like uh, Rob Tierney out of the United States and Kevin Ferris, who both moved from 105K to, into Giants and I mean, Rob Kearney still walks around at 115, 120 tops, I think. I don't know. Maybe he's a little heavier now these days, but he started out pretty light. Um, and I think Kevin Ferris did too. I don't know that Kevin Ferris is over 125. Uh, I would be surprised if he is, honestly. So it's very surprising to hear, hear that uh, because there's, 
there's actually a lot of noteworthy athletes in the past who've gone and competed in in either Giants or World Strongest Man. You know, obviously they're connected um, at much lighter weight classes. I mean, who, was, who did we just talk about recently, John? Um, who was, uh, I think he was about exactly 120 and made the finals in 2014, 13. And it always drives me nuts because his name always escapes me. So, I mean, it's not, it's not uncommon. I know like 120 is, you know, 15 kilograms more than what you're walking around at now, but it's not a massive, it's not that big 130, you know, 140 plus athlete. So it's just kind of a, uh, a strange response <laughs> to get. Yeah. He, he mentioned after that that um, yeah for the U105s even though I'm the strongest man of Austria overall they have the U105 championship the strongman champions league uh, U105 world championship you know so I can go there <laughs> so but in, in the normal champions league he doesn't want to have U105s and now our president was speaking with another one from the organizers I don't, I don't know how many there are and he said okay this one is a bit different and he is more interested in it, in that and he would he thinks it would be beneficial for for them to get me there because it would how should i say it would be easier to promote me because i look a bit more athletic than most of them <laughs> When I'm in when I'm in uh, competition shape, and yeah, the, the weights I'm I'm able to move is also uh, quite decent, you know. <laughs> so he thinks it might be a good opportunity to to promote the Champions League even more, you know. So yeah. I might be able to get now to some strongman Champions League competitions, which I hope. Yeah, yeah, it's still, it's still long. You know, I actually got uh, invited to the. The Imitra Strongman Showdown too in 2019, I think it was, and I was still only I was walking around about 210 kilograms then. So it's just it's really odd for me to hear that. Um, and also, you know, Strongman Champions League, as I understand it, they struggle to fill the ranks at a lot of their competitions, and usually they're they're going to let anybody come that has the the resources to travel to their competitions. So, yeah, I wish I had some good advice for you. It just seems very odd that, that that's the messaging that you're receiving, especially being that close to to the SCL circuit. I mean, yeah. it's all around, you know, I mean, they're all around you. <laughs> so it's, it's actually kind of peculiar. I, uh, I'd be kind of interested to hear, hear how this pans out for you. That's what that's what I wanted to say. At least to let me compete in Romania because I was born in Romania and they have one strongman Champions League competition in Romania, so that would be really nice, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, but but then with Giants Live, that's just not not really going anywhere at this point, and, they, and nobody's really kind of agreeing that there was any promise made. Is what it sounds like. <laughs> no, they are saying we are lying, and yeah. That's unfortunate. <laughs> That's really unfortunate. I, I, you know, I mean, uh, you know, obviously not my fault, but sorry that, that that's happening. I mean, we unfortunately see that so much in strongman that that there's, I mean, we've got guys here in the United States too that, that there's always a question uh, when World Strongest Man invites some unknown athlete that has not accomplished really anything from the far corner of the world <laughs> when we've got guys that are right here that are you know um could challenge the the world record log press for instance guys that are you know moving thousand pound yokes maybe not as fast as uh as mitch hooper is but very close i mean very very competitive very very strong guys and the politics sometimes just it, it just throws such a wrench into the sport and and it makes it look less about i mean kind of like you said less about the the accomplishments and the ability and more about you know how's it going to make us look or how much money can we make all of it <laughs> right and it and it becomes less about less sporting and more i don't know circus <laughs> yeah. 
in the in the end it's just a business somewhere you know so they're yep. trying to make money <laughs> it is it's the unfortunate uh aspect i think i think all sports end up kind of going through this phase too unfortunately uh boxing you know has done it um I think MMA has gone through that phase. You know, that's uh, it's it's unfortunate. There's so many great athletes in the world who are more than capable of have have proven themselves and just don't get the opportunities that they deserve. And you know, hopefully someday the sport uh, evolves beyond that, and and it becomes a real sport where there's opportunity for the people that are working hard, proving themselves, you know, and and actually earning their place rather than being you know, uh, meeting a check mark or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was like, because Mitchell Hooper said, like, uh, I would, he, he posted something in his story that I want to go there and I just try to push myself there, but that's, that's not what I wanted. You know, I, yeah. I like I said before, you know, it was never my goal and I really don't care, you know, if I get an invitation or not, but it's just the promise, which has been made and mm-hmm. now yeah is now turned over to us that we are lying you know that's that's really not cool that's really unfair and i really like giants life they're doing something great for the sport all the, all the athletes are awesome you know really awesome and they are just like the genetic top 1% of the world yeah if they wouldn't be there and I don't want to to try to to bring myself up there as well, you know. It's just it's just because of the matter of fact that they said something, you know. And it's not to push me or Austria or something else. If it would have been, no, let's say like that. If I would have been invited, I would have loved to go, but to represent the U one hundred five class. So right. if you know. So this was after I we got the information about the Giants Life invitation. This was my first goal because my goal is to push the 105 strongman weight class more and more, you know. So that's what, what after I was thinking about. But now and even before all this happened, I never really wanted to go to Giants Life and I, I really don't care about that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... I mean, if you really want to do it, I mean, I think Mitch Huber is probably kind of right, though. Um, I mean, if you really want to do something, you want to achieve something, uh, you never give up, right? I mean, that's kind of, you know, that being being an athlete itself, right? I mean, you got to fail a few times before you succeed. And and if you really, really want something, you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And, um, you know, maybe it will happen eventually. And you'll get the opportunity to compete against the open classes and under 105K and represent and show the world what under 105k athletes are truly capable of because i mean your log press is world class there's there's a lot of open class athletes that are competing at giants right now even world strongest man that cannot achieve that so um i mean that's a huge feather in your cap man thank you thank you very much <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i was thinking one one thing that this kind of brings up and it's come up before of like a lot of times there's a lot of amb- ambiguity of how you get to these top level shows because there is no like one set way. So it can just be like, I know they posted in their story, you can go to OSG and the qualifiers go to Giants Live or whatever. But I think oftentimes there are too many windows of ambiguity because then it comes this thing where it's like your word versus someone else's word rather than this like, nice kind of set path for things and i think sometimes that might i think it could definitely benefit the sport to have like clear paths towards these large shows rather than just kind of either you you're in the top three at osg or you know the right people or you happen to have the right reputation or whatever leads to there so i was wondering would you have suggestions on like how they could develop better ways to like paths to these larger shows or like i don't know ways to kind of improve the system it's difficult and it's funny you mentioned that because um yeah giants life at the beginning he wrote me yeah the to get an official invitation you have to go to osg and podium at the heavyweight class you know to make top three 
and after I asked, yeah, but that's not on. That's not the only way. <laughs> the reply I got was, yeah, I never, I never said that's the only way. <laughs> but there are many ways, and we saw that also with like, let's take on Larry Wheels, you know, who's obviously not a strongman, but who has a huge following on Instagram and stuff, and also. I don't know. It's it's how I said, you know, for me, I really don't care. I, don't, I really don't bother with that. So they can do how they, however they want. If they want really to get um, invitations out or official invitations out other than going to OSG, they should think about something and make it public. You know, why hide it or why, why have just... Uh, special people randomly selected to random competitions you know make it public what you want and yeah what the, the requirements are and after no one can say anything anymore and don't make just promises behind or in, in the shadows let's say like that to certain people and after don't hold your promise anymore yeah um i <laughs> I feel like there are other competitions uh, that lead to Giants Live. I, I don't follow it well because that's never been my path either. But I'm pretty positive that there's other qualifying competitions that are held around the country. I'm pretty sure OSG, unless they, unless they've changed that now. Um, but in past years, OSG has not been the only path to Giants Live, obviously, because I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, it'll be other people are joining Giants Live from all around the world. What are they doing to qualify? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, they've got to be just getting invites. It's, it's who you know sometimes, right? That's the unfortunate aspect of business in general, I think. It's not who you are or what you, what you know. It's who you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but that's everywhere like that, no? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But, but, I mean, I agree. I mean, overall... We, we talk about it all the time on the shows, the lack of standards in strongman. And I mean, this is just one more aspect of the lack of standards in strongman is there's no clear defined path that anyone can follow to, to get to the top. It's, it's sort of ambiguous people, you know, get in, I mean, like Larry wheels, like he just knew Thor. Right, I think that's how we got the invite to the the Lockwood Championship, and that pissed a lot of people off too because there was other guys that had much better. I mean, they've been training their asses off for years for that opportunity, and they were passed up for the guy that's got you know I don't even know how many follows he has anymore. I don't follow him very close these days, but um, you know it was a money maker. That's all it was, and and it's unfortunate that that sport turns into into that rather than again the achievement and, and uh, ability of the athlete yeah but but i think if you're going down this route it's uh, like really going down the rabbit hole because let's take the olympics you know the olympics are held every four years but every time somewhere else you know mm -hmm. osg every year but every time in america yeah. yeah. Is, is there some is is there some other way to to get an OSG uh, qualification? You know, like if you're if you want to podium on OSG and to get after an invitation to Giants Live, let's say, if there's a, is there any other way to go to get there, but without going to America, for someone who's living in Europe, Australia, yeah. Asia, you know. No, it's just this the only route, but that's not fair for the rest of the world. <laughs> that's fair for the Americans, but not for the rest of the world, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, even for the United States, I mean, if you live in the northwestern corner of the US, it's like it's an expensive it's an expensive uh um three days of competition. I mean, you gotta stay at the hotel for probably five or six and um flights and everything. I think uh for me, if had I gone this year I mean, it's still probably cost me over two thousand U.S. dollars. I could have flown to Europe and back for cheaper. <laughs> so, so you're right. Though. I mean, and and with the United States through the COVID era, you know, through the whole pandemic, it was really. I think the United States was one of the strictest countries for people getting in from outside of the United States, 
because in our, our the first, first year of clash on the coast, none of the European qualifiers could make it into the United States because of the COVID restrictions. And I think it kind of carried over into 21 too. Um, so, so you're right. I mean, it's really unfair. Um, it, and, you know, as we preach on this show all the time, this is a, a worldwide international sport. It's not an American sport. And I think in the United States, we get very siloed in this kind of thought process that it all revolves around us. Unfortunately, I think Americans feel everything revolves around them no matter what, but, but it's, it's an international sport and it's gotta be fair for everybody. And you're, you're hundred, I mean, you hit the target, right? Bullseye that there needs to be opportunities. It's gotta be fair. We're going to be a sport and, and world's strongest man is actually, I think going to be back here in Florida again for the third time, which is, I don't understand because that used to be a traveling competition all over the world as well. Um, but yeah, things have got to change. I think if, if, if it's going to be classified as a sport, as a true sport, there's gotta be some standards and, and fairness and better practices. Cause this is like you said, Emmanuel, it's going down the rabbit hole. That, that's what I like, for example, about the ultimate strongman, because even though it's mostly European, let's say like that, our president, especially for the U105s now, you know, he is open to expand, you know, he, especially the, the world championship is like, he wants it to have it every time somewhere else, not only in Ukraine. You know, he had it in, in Ukraine, I think only two or three times, but one or two times it was in Czech Republic. After it was now in Paris, for example, and he's always looking to, to bring it somewhere else. He, I don't know if they did it last year or they, they are doing it this year, but they will do or did a new 105 competition, Ultimate Strongman, in Brazil. Oh, wow. Nice. So he is really trying to grow this sport, especially the U105 class, and to, to expand his federation, of, of course, to yeah. some extent. You know, but to 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 get everywhere and i'm sure if there's there are many places everywhere in the world the the championship will be every year somewhere else you know that's fine so, i mean that's like as an athlete too i mean it gets expensive uh if you're paying out of your own pocket which i think a lot of us end up doing because sponsorships are so hard to get because of the lack of exposure but yeah, I think if you're going to put the money into it it's nice to uh, to get out and see the world while you're at it and, Brazil sounds like I remember seeing he was in Brazil just last year too. I think uh, must have been negotiating things. And, yeah, so um, I think he actually competed, didn't he, in Brazil last year? I think yeah. I think yeah. Yeah. yeah so so that's amazing. That's good to hear, man. Um, I hope that that grows. You know, under 105k can have its own world championships. We don't we don't need to rely on on world strongest man or giants. <laughs> you know. Um, carve, own, carve our own path. I mean, that's what Clash was doing, and I think they're still working on it. Uh, Clash is going to be in um, Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, again in March, I believe. Mm -hmm. So that's coming up soon. So, I mean, the future is bright, I think, for the under 105K. We just got to stay the course and, and, and do things better than <laughs> what has been going on in the past, create some standards, uh, exactly. Get a clear path for um, for invites for you know elevating in the sport and make it so that the opportunities are available to those who work the hardest because that's that's what it should be about right it's not the strongest man if you're not inviting the strongest men in the world yeah right so we're coming we're about on our hour mark we usually like to keep these about an hour manual. Um, any closing thoughts from you before we before we call it a, a night for you and a day for us? No, not really. It was fun. <laughs> where can where can everyone find you uh, on the socials? Yeah, mostly I'm on Instagram, but I do have a Facebook and TikTok too, which I'm feeding sometimes. And yeah, just Emmanuel Pescari. There can everyone find me. Awesome, man. Well, it was a great pleasure to have you. Um, I wish you the very best. We'll be following close, um, and hopefully we can have you back on the show sometime in the future.
Thank you. I would uh, look forward for that. Yeah. All right. Thank you John? so much. Yeah. Um, when's your next competition? That was the one other thing I wanted to ask. What's your next plan? I think I will start this year, which is funny. Uh, with In Germany, we have the FIBO, which is a big uh, fitness expo, and there's always a strongman competition. Until now, it was a giant uh, a strongman Champions League competition, but I don't know how it will be this year. Perhaps it will be again uh, a Champions League competition, but yeah, it's an open class competition, so this will be my first in April. Nice. Awesome. That's exciting. Good luck, man. Yeah. Thank you. And definitely thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It was great. Support us on Patreon or Anchor and find us on Instagram or Facebook.